0: If there are two things that Billy Napier and myself have in common, it's one that we love the Florida Gators and two that we love 12 personnel. And we're going to talk about that here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast and network your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole On Sports Giants Country NFL 33. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College Terms and conditions apply. And like I mentioned at, at, at the top of the show, Billy Napier and I, we both love 12 personnel. We appreciate the tight end position. Billy Napier, throughout his coaching career has always preferred 12 personnel over really anything else that could be shifting with with all of the speedy receivers coming in i don't think it's going to though i think 12 personnel will always be something that billy napier is trying to make a a consistent big part of his offense and i love it my biggest issue but yeah, I'm I'm starting with a negative here. My biggest issue of Billy Napier's uh, 12 personnel usage is that, yes, 12 personnel has always been a part of his offense. It probably always will be. May, it might decrease in usage, probably always will be. But throughout his coaching career, he's never made it a point of emphasis to actually use the tight end in the passing game. Because the big thing about the tight end position, which is one of the reasons that I love it so much, is that you have to be able to, and here's, you don't have to be able to block like an offensive lineman. Let's get that one out of the way. Because people try to go, you have to be able to block like an offensive lineman and catch like a wide receiver. You don't have to do that. You have to be a better blocker than every wide receiver on your team and obviously, you are bigger and more athletic than them, or you are bigger and more athletic, more athletic than offensive linemen, bigger than receivers. You have to be the happy medium, but you don't have to do both that way. I'm not expecting any tight end to go out there and produce like a wide receiver, including Arliss Boardingham, who I do love. I, I love how athletic he is. I love the skill set he brings to the table. I'm not going to expect him to produce like a wide receiver while he's playing tight end, okay? But with Billy Napier's offense, they're kind of just there in the passing game. Like tight ends are just around. And yeah, part of that, like like they, they were not used as actual pass catchers. Part of that could be, A couple of things. It could be last year, Anthony Richardson just wasn't a big fan of passing to tight ends. That could just be not a tendency of his. Like Russell Wilson doesn't pass a ton to the middle of the field. Tendency of his. It's not indicative of anything. Russell Wilson's had one of the best slot receivers in football throughout his entire career. When he was with the Seattle Seahawks, he had Tyler Lockett there. He just didn't throw a ton over the middle of the field. Tyler Lockett would have to work outside. That's just a tendency. That's fine. But again, This is throughout Billy Napier's career. It has not been an important part. Could be that. Could be that the tight ends on the field last year just weren't very good pass catchers. But again, this has been a tendency throughout Billy Napier's career to have, yes, 12 personnel, but they're not, or the tight ends, are not important parts of the passing game. Again, they're just there. And to me, that defeats the purpose of saying, hey, one of our core principles of offense is 12 personnel. Because then your your core principle really is just 7-0 linemen. That's what you're looking at. Like, Like, you look at the 49ers, the Rams, the Giants, even when they go 12 personnel, even when the 49ers don't have George Kittle, and when the Giants last year rolled out Daniel Bellinger, who, yes, he's good, but rookie uh, Lawrence Cager, Chris Myrick, like, like it, it was not an elite group of tight ends out there, but they were still involved in the passing game. Even when they're not there, they're involved in the passing game. Not just as checkdown options, but as the big bodied receivers that they are. They're giant possession receivers. And for a team like Florida, who last year had the trees out there with Xavier Henderson, Justin Shorter, Dejan Reynolds, all, all these tall guys, didn't use the tight ends much. And I get it. Dante Sanders moved from edge to tight, back to tight end. Couldn't get to it. Uh, Keon Zipper made a few big plays, got hurt, all that stuff but you got to involve them in the offense. And I will also say, I will give Billy Napier credit with this part, is that I think he's trying to shift and use tight ends more in the passing game. I think that's genuinely something that he plans on doing and intends on doing by bringing in these more athletic wide receiver tight end hybrids, like, like those types of guys. You look at Arliss Boardingham was Billy Napier's first, first class. Arliss Boardingham came in, Dealt with injuries last year, didn't play much this year, destroying in camp. You look at 2024, Amir Jackson, who we'll talk a little bit about later. And then you also just look at who they've recruited at tight end. It's been guys like Caleb Odom, who is, people think, hey, he's going to be a receiver, not a tight end. Maybe he's leaning towards having them be legitimate dual threat options. And I'm not saying you have to build your offense around throwing to the tight end. But again, I will say, I think that it's a bit of a disservice to have 12 personnel be a staple of your offense and not design plays for them to thrive. I think that's my bigger issue, that that you go, hey, yeah, 12 personnel is huge for us, but we're not going to throw to them. We're not going to throw to the tight ends. We're just going to have two of them on the field for no reason. Especially when you look at what Florida had at receiver last year. This year, it's better than it was last year. Younger, more, uh, less proven, but I think better this year than you had last year. But last year, Keon Zipper led all Gators tight ends and catches with 13, and he had 19 targets. Dante Sanders had 23 targets on the year. 330 pass attempts for the Florida Gators last year. And 41 of them went to your top two tight ends who played a ton of snaps. That's not ideal. Jonathan Odom made some plays, only had 14 targets, but had seven catches, so he, he was the more most productive of the tight ends. But if 12 personnel is going to be a staple of your offense, you have to give them the opportunity to make plays again, I'm not saying that they have to be these incredibly important pass catchers, but Dante Sanders was used as a pass blocker on like I, I want to say'll I'll do the math real quick actually because he played a total of 528 offensive snaps of those 277 were run blocking. so of his 251. Uh, passing down snaps, he was pass protecting on a quarter of them. I get it. Having extra protection helps. You shouldn't have a tight end in pass protection 25% of the time. And then when he is running a route, it's usually just a block and release, and he just waits to never be thrown the football. And I'm not saying Dante Sanders needs to be this huge part of the offense. I'm saying the tight end should be more. Let them run digs sometimes. Florida loved running digs with the post over top. That mills, let the tight end run the dig with your receiver stretching the field vertically on the post. Just stuff like that. I feel like you can find better use. You look at the spring game in 2022 and we saw boot slide, which is one of my favorite plays in football. Boot slide is when the play when they'll say tight ends on the left side of the offensive line, my left of the offensive line, they run a play action fake and it's boot right. So QB is running to the right and the tight end does not cross the line. This is an offensive line. He does not cross him. He runs behind them, still behind the line of scrimmage and he just runs to the flat. And then the t- the quarterback has an easy check down option. We saw Noah Keeter, I believe scored a touchdown on it in the 2022 spring game. And then I don't remember a single time seeing boot slide called in an actual game in 2022 for the Gators. Stuff like that. Like, We know Napier has the capacity to let these tight ends be part of a passing game. But for some reason, he doesn't. And again, I think if you're using 12 personnel as a staple of your offense, which I support, you have to do it optimally. Let them be a part of the game. Let let them operate and function there. But if not, then you're kind of just wasting... What's one of the best ways to destroy a defense? 12 personnel truly is an elite way to give a defense hell. And we'll talk about that in a second. Before I do that, I am going to bring up LinkedIn Jobs again because these days, I'm so serious, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I mentioned just at the end of the last segment, 12 personnel is one of the best ways to give defense help. No doubt about it. Because it's just so versatile if you do it right. Like, Like having two tight ends on the field makes defense have to respect your run game because you have guys who can line up and essentially make your offensive lineman much wider, your offensive line much wider. Again, I'm not saying that tight ends could or should be able to block as good as offensive linemen because, well, if they could, they'd probably be offensive linemen. But I am saying that they definitely, without a doubt, improved your run game. Like, you can't even question that. Okay? So having two tight ends on the field, when you have a run game like the Gators, where your run game's already pretty damn good, two tight ends on the field makes defenses have to respect that more. Okay? In modern defense, it's usually nickel. Nickel is base defense now. Okay? So in modern defense, you have four players on the line of scrimmage, whether they're defensive linemen, a stand-up edge rusher, it does not matter. Four players on the line of scrimmage, two off-ball linebackers, your nickel, and then your two corners, two safeties. Or teams even like to go dime now, which dime is one linebacker, basically two nickels, two corners, two safeties. With 12 personnel, when you're going up against a 12 personnel set, I don't want to say 12 personnel team because that's just not a thing, but when you're going up against a team that is going to run 12 personnel and you see those two tight ends run onto the field, first off, you pretty much immediately eliminate dime defense. You eliminate that. And if a team does want to go dime against you with 12 personnel, I don't care what the play call is. That QB is changing that to a run, and then they're going to go no huddle and they're going to run the hell out of the football. Because you're lighting the box immediately, they're going to do that. Teams are also less likely to go nickel, especially this year, against the Florida Gators. Because let's be honest, Graham Mertz does not strike fear into opposing defenses. Okay? The offense does not strike fear into opposing defenses, except for the run game. I I get it, what we've seen in fall camp, like passing, like passing looks like it's going to be solid this year based on what we've seen in fall camp, what we've heard and reported from practice, all that stuff. But until you do it in the game, teams are not going to respect you for it. Okay. So you have defenses that are probably going to feel comfortable going with a legitimate base of four guys near the line of scrimmage. Three linebackers behind them because they're going to go, Hey, stop them on early downs, and then they have to throw the ball far. But when you, especially when you have that 12 personnel, that's what they're going to do. They're going to load the box up and they're going to say, Okay, go ahead, run it, run it into this box, or try to throw it with your team. When you have the tight ends as a legitimate pass catching option, that leaves their passing defense susceptible to giving up those completions when they want to put more linebackers on the field their passing defense is going to be worse let them do it but again unless if your tight ends are not viable pass catching options they're going to load up those linebackers and you have to make them pay by being able to throw the football but there are ways that you can have those two tight ends on the field and really give opposing defense, have them stretch the field vertically. I get it. I understand. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say Dante Zanders is a great tight end one. I think he's a solid blocker. I think that he's probably going to be at least a little bit better as a pass catcher this year. Again, I understand losing 20 pounds, like I've said multiple times, losing 20 pounds from last year to this year, it's probably going to make a, a slight difference, in terms of his wiggle and his agility. But I mean, he is what he is athletically for the most part. We know he's not going to come out here and be Kyle Pitts now, but you have options. Like Jonathan Odom is, I think the most balanced tight end on this roster. And he looks like he's going to be healthy for a full go early in the year. I don't want to say week one, because we don't know that, but early in the year, he looks like he's going to be full go. So if he is, he's going to be able to be one of those guys who, who really challenges opposing defenses. Because when you have the 12 personnel set and you're willing to throw the football and you're willing to throw the football to the tight ends, it helps you because you don't, defenses aren't going to be able to just disrespect your tight end position. If you're going to go 12 personnel, do it right. And that's why I do want to wrap up today talking about just how lethal Florida can be this year. With 12 personnel. Arliss Bordingham. Immediately. And I, I get it. I, I'm not saying he's going to be Kyle Pitts. I get, I will say stylistically he's not Kyle Pitts. Stylistically he's more Travis Kelsey. He's not as good as Travis Kelsey obviously. But stylistically he's more Travis Kelsey type than Kyle Pitts. He's more of a power slot than anything else. But Arliss Boardingham, He makes your 12 personnel. Really 11 and a half personnel. That's what he is. very few defenses can defend what I'm now calling 11 and a half personnel. That's what it is because Arliss is a receiver tight end hybrid. If he can be a legitimate blocker, and I don't need him to be a great blocker, I just need him to be reliable to not screw the play up. And we know he's going to be a pretty good pass catcher then you're looking at someone who is going to add further stress to defenses. Because you can't, if you want to put three linebackers on the field, he's going to destroy you over the middle. And if you want to go light in the box to match up with him, like if you want to go nickel, then guess what? Florida's got numbers in the box and they're going to run the ball all over you. So I think that the big threat with Arliss Boardingham is similar to how I've talked about a lot of other players, where I say, I don't care if you're actually great at what we're asking you to do as long as you threaten to do it. That's always been my point, and I've mentioned it every week before a game. I pretty much say Florida has to at least threaten vertically. You have to throw the ball deep at least a couple of times to make defenses respect that you're going to do it. Arles has to be an okay blocker, and then he just has to be the athlete that he is in the passing game and just just threaten. That's it. because then teams will probably put a slot defender on him, like a nickel or or whatever they want to call that position, how we call star, they'll put that on him. and then you have a light box for Florida. And if they do want to put three three linebackers on the field and they want to try to hey go let's let's match the box then with seven of ours and seven of theirs. Do it, because then Arliss can just motion out, and then you have a linebacker out in coverage on him. And then you might as well just call it a day. And then guess what? Arliss motions out, and you put a linebacker on him. Next time he's on the field, you put a safety out there or or a nickel. He doesn't motion out, and they just run the ball down your throat. Arliss opens up this entire offense, really, if you want to stick with 12 personnel. And, like, I know I, I like to go on these little scheme tangents and be like, I, I like the, uh, the the always sunny Charlie Day clip of him doing the conspiracy theory thing. But I would like to see Florida come out with 12 personnel. I want Jonathan Odom to be one of the tight ends. And I want Arliss Boardingham to be the other tight end. Because I think Jonathan Odom, again, the most balanced tight end on this roster. Ricky Pearsall as one of the receivers. Aiden Mizell is the other receiver. Okay. Because I think that's how you stress the defense the most if you're going to go with 12%. I don't care who your running back is. I think they're all solid. So I think they're all at the very least solid. And by all, I mean, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, obviously elite. Cameron Carroll, I think is at least solid. So no matter who you have, they're all good choices. But if you have... Ricky Pearsall, your best wide receiver, your best route runner on the field, he can get open on his own. You have Arliss Boardingham, mismatch nightmare. Jonathan Odom, I think, again, he's like a... I'm trying to think of like a fair comparison for him. I want to say I would think of Odom more as like a, a, a younger Jason Witten type where it's like he's a pretty good blocker. He can get open and, and get the yards he needs to get and you're cool with that. So let's say that. And then you have Aiden Mizell, speed demon. Like I've said with Aiden Mizell, Mecole Hardman, John Ross, they're not good receivers. And I get it. Last time I said it, it was like, John Ross, help Washington. I I don't care. He was not a good receiver. He's just fast as hell, right? You have Aiden Mizell out there. You have to respect the deep ball because of that. That opens up everything in your underneath passing game, where Ricky can kill, where Odom can kill, where Argus can kill. And that opens up your run game where everybody on your team can kill. So I, I would love to see like a setup like that. I don't know if we will, but I would love to see it. But it's just, again, like I feel like all this is just me circling back to say. For Florida, 12 personnel is a fantastic approach to take. Okay, I think I everybody here knows I'm all for 12 personnel. Hell, a few weeks ago, I did an episode calling for 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends which by the way that's what the number means the first one is running back the second one is tight ends and then the remainder like 5 minus those two numbers that's how many receivers you have on the field so 12 personnel one running back two tight ends that's 3 5 minus 3 2 stuff like that is how that works out so if you have like 32 personnel three running backs two tight ends no receivers um but so that's that's just how personnel groupings work But with Florida, like you want to go 12 personnel, that's a fantastic approach. I love it. That's modern football. They go 12 personnel a lot. Look at what Georgia's been doing. Look at Utah. Like, I get it. Utah's not this top five team in the country. They're a pretty good program. You look at the NFL, the Giants last year did it. The 49ers have been doing it for years. The Rams have shifted from 11 to more 12. The Packers have worked more of it in. Teams are working more 12 personnel in because it stresses defense so much because defenses like to go light with nickel being their base. 12 personnel is a good approach, but you have to do it right. And I think Billy Napier has the run game. I think run scheme is fantastic for the Gators. I think there's very few teams that have a better run game schematically set up. But the passing game, tight ends are completely useless in the Florida Gators passing attack in Billy Napier's passing attack. And I think that's where I need to see the next step being taken from this offense. And again, I think it will, like Arliss Boardingham is a freak athlete. Amir Jackson is for the 2024 class. He's a freak athlete. Like you're bringing in these guys that can do that and can stress that. But even if you have them, you have to show me that you're going to use them properly. And that's still what I'm waiting for from 12 personnel with Florida. Cause again, I love it. But if you're not doing it right, then just go 11 and just ignore it at that point. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free. we you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.